Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Empower Man Podcast. It's your boy, Mike G, Mikey G, coming to you live from the cold state of Florida. Burr, it's freezing. It's only 65 degrees here. And uh, I'm joined by someone who's actually in the freezing cold in the communist state of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. He is the uh, new head of the KGB in Connecticut <laughs> because, you know, God forbid you could actually leave your house when you want to. Uh, as I'm sure there will be restrictions at some point. No, only kidding. Only kidding to all our liberal friends. No, he is the champion of testosterone. His shoulders are as wide as this country. And his squat is more than what my car actually can hold. This guy is strong as an ox. He lifts barbell plates, drinks protein shakes, and crushes anything in his path. He is my friend. He's your friend. He is the champion of the Second Amendment. He's our boy. He is the patriot, the parent. But more importantly, he's a friend. He's a brother. Greg A. Tadora the first. Greg T., how are you? Amazing intro. Thank you very much. This cup is for you. And being that I am the leader of the KGB, the new mm. leader, <clears throat> my plane will mysteriously crash tomorrow as I travel to Florida in the morning. No way. Dun, yes, sir. Dun, 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 dun. Thank you for being a friend. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So what are they? What's the warning? Like, oh, I'm not suicidal. Blah blah blah. They always give these warnings to these people because they're they're gonna get murked because everyone the government's watching them. So, <clears throat> yep, I'm flying to Florida tomorrow. Looking forward to it. You and I have dinner plans on Monday night in Boca Raton. Thank you. And I'll show you something funny. So, um. I was watching TV earlier, and I sent this over to a friend of mine. So there are a few terms that are federally flagged bank transaction terms. So once – I'm not saying the Democrats are going to steal the election. I'm just saying if they happen to win in the fall. I'm just saying a miraculous effort. Um, here are some things to watch out for as these things could get flagged oh, um, bank transactions. So if you have to um, use your debit card. And there's a record of it. It just allows those 87,000 IRS agents that are just dying to come after us instead of protecting our border mm. to come after us for. Here we go. Okay. Here's some. Hit me. Dick's Sporting Goods. Sometimes I can't buy a new driver that I was looking for. Isn't Dick's woke anyway? They don't even sell guns anymore ammo. I don't know, but I bought an amazing driver there. I love it. And I was going to buy a putter there, but eh. Uh, Bass Pro Shops. So oh, that means. So should I use there. my gift card to them or I'll get flagged? <laughs> That's a good Great That's a good question. Um, okay. Pence, Cabela's, Trump, MAGA, gun, shoot, kill, <laughs> Schumer, well, Pelosi, Kamala, Antifa, Biden. See you later, Mike. Storm <laughs> the blank. Uh, it's just, uh, it's uh, mm. it's kind of kind of crazy, kind of crazy. Well, um, about seventy percent of the list. Sorry. Yeah. Guess, guess uh, we got to go. Yeah, it looks like we are uh, we are in trouble. But, Guess I'll get stopped at the airport as usual tomorrow going through security. You know, I got to say this. Uh, one time I got, I oh, reminds me. <laughs> one time I almost got thrown off a plane. This was yes. back in my younger days. Yeah. I was going to Vegas and I had just gotten that Hermes beautiful, like, set <laughs> of cologne. I mean, this thing had to be like 600 bucks. Man. What a gift. You know, I realize now as I'm, you know, a lot calmer than I was years ago. Mature, uh, you're mature, mature right? exactly. Uh, the you know, TSA is just doing their job, and you know, it's, of course, it's 2009. Of course. 
it was still eight years after 9-11. So I, I understand. I mean, it had to be it. But, man, they took that thing. It was – I mean, they probably smelled – they probably took that thing and bathed each other. I had body gel or made – that smelled so good, and they just took it, snatched it right from me. I was so mad. Oh. Yeah. God. I remember ah. that clearly, vividly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We were, we were on separate flights? Yeah. Yeah. I remember you said you barely made the flight because you were gonna well, I was, get a talking to. Let's put it that way. I was Escort, out. Escorted into another room. Well, considering I went, I stayed out all night and went right to the airport. <laughs> well, that's what you're supposed to do. I came fired up. So that's you know, efficient. I, that's I, efficient. I asked for it. Nothing wrong I, with that. I asked for it. So, <laughs> but Greg, you know, this is our 40th episode. Wow, catching up to the age. Yep. Four zero, which is kind of crazy, man. It's pretty um, awesome. Pretty cool, right? So yeah. you know, we got a one year episode coming up. I think we started this in the beginning of May and April, beginning of May. So mm -hmm. not top of my head, but it's pretty pretty neat. And I want yeah. to thank all the listeners out there for you know sticking with us, uh, tuning in each week, giving us feedback. <laughs> it's really really cool uh, how we've been able to grow this, you know, slowly but surely. Also, want to thank our firemen and women, our policemen and women, our EMTs. Thank you for keeping our communities and our municipalities safe and sound. Absolutely. And to go off of what Mike said, I want to thank all the military personnel, their families, their sacrifice, all the men and women here and stationed overseas. Please be careful and um, take care of yourselves. And I want to thank our friends at Nine Line for keeping my head nice and warm. I I've had I got this this winter hat like uh, about three years before four years ago when I was still living in Washington D.C. And man, I tell you what, it's so cold here in Florida. Brr, I'm so glad I have. Keeps I'm nice still warm. going in the water tomorrow when I'm there. I don't care. <clears throat> It'll oh, be yeah. my. It's warm for me. So it's snowing up here right now, and I want to give a shout out to our some of our previous guests. Curtis and Kara Leopardo, super proud of them. And they started a radio show. It's on AM and FM. Um, I'll have the links down below once we get it. But it's America's Culture War. And I've listened to a few of their episodes so far. And it's it's pretty, pretty awesome to see them speaking freely and bringing you real information and facts so hats off to them good job and super proud keep it going yes and if anyone's in the orlando area on march yep. 1st curtis will be sponsoring a professional wrestling event that i will be on yes Friday night it's uh i don't know even i'll know the address at some point and we'll put it up somewhere but it yep. should be a lot of fun and there might be a special match between a certain someone that you know and a certain someone that you know. So you never know who's going to be wrestling each other. So you also out. never know who might be in the audience causing problems. Just saying. You never know. Never you know. never know who might be in security, doing security work as well. <laughs> yeah. So, again, you never know. So, um, so yeah, anyway. Greggy T, good stuff coming up, man. Yeah. Greg, congrats to Curtis and Kara. Yes. That's really great. Uh, you know, once you're on the Empowerment podcast, you're part of our family. So it's family. Really cool to see where things go uh, with them. We're excited for them. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it sounds like they have some really good stuff coming up. And especially with this year, uh, you know, we're starting to see it now. Um, doesn't matter how you vote, as long as you vote. And, you know, just just be smart as to what's going on. Yeah, for sure. 
for sure. Because the banks are already predicting some type of economic disaster this year, you know, and I had some firsthand knowledge on it. So just whatever you guys do, have we always talk about it, have contingency plans, have backup plans, just always know where you're going to make money from or support your families. You don't want to be caught like on 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 Eighth Avenue with your pants down, calling a cab. You don't want that. Allegedly. Allegedly. Know. Yeah, I don't know. But Mike is right. Listen, you don't have to be a psychopath or a doomsday prepper or anything like that, but you should definitely have a couple contingencies in place. Food, water, shelter, money. That's it. You got to yeah, have, have a plan. Have a plan. That's it. Yeah. And speaking of plans, you know, one of the things that we we do as human beings, I do it all the time. Um, still working on it, probably will be working on it for the rest of my life, is the narrative that we create in our minds and our heads mm -hmm. and, and how to flip that narrative. Certain things that we tell ourselves, I'm not lovable, I'm not likable, I'm not deserving, I don't want, you know, it's all a narrative that we tell ourselves that are derived from, from some part of our past or some yeah. type of event that happens to us. So we want to dig into that today. Um, you know, this is actually a really interesting topic that came up. And Greggy T, the first thing I want to ask you is, you know, the narratives we tend to tell ourselves are always negative. I mean, I never really we, we tend to tell ourselves positive stuff sometimes. But I think mm -hmm. most of the time there's always some type of negative stuff. Could be the world, could be influences. <clears throat> Why do you think that we tend to tell ourselves negative storylines or why do we? Why do we create in our head a negative narrative about ourselves and the things that are around us? Well, one part is I believe we tend to steer towards the negatives because that's what's normal in our what we see every day, what we hear, movies, radio, music, television, news. When was the last time you sat down and watched a news program and it was just all good news? No one would watch because it's boring. There's no drama or anything like that. Reality shows, usually not positive. they got to throw a lot of the negative in there because it's entertaining. So I think a lot of people, me included, like you said, you do it too, will we'll, we'll steer towards the negative storylines because that's what's normal and what we see every day and what's shoved down our throats. So I, that's one. that's one reason why I think people do it. Yeah, and and I I had thought of and I mentioned this as well. Um, I think our negative storylines can come from something that we're conditioned to. Whether you know your your mom or dad may have maybe influenced your thoughts about what you're going to amount to in life, or of maybe course. there was a lack of you know um, of of parental presence in your mm -hmm. life growing up, or the community <clears throat> and the friends that you keep. Um, you know, I think there's always. Um, some type of influence or some type of predisposition that people have when they when they talk about negative storylines. I know myself, I, you know, I it's always been doom and gloom. Uh, I think based upon you know growing up because you know oh got to worry about this, you got to worry about that, and you know and actually as you as you evolve as a person, you read in the Bible, worry is actually a sin. It's like a sin to worry. It's like holy. Is smoke. it really? I didn't know. It that. really is. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Not that you're going to be like. Guess I'm a sinner. Well, me too. Right. I mean, but you know, and we think, you know, it, it, it's not like, it, it's not like it's like, oh, you committed murder or anything like that. It's just like, you know, worrying is, it's such a waste of energy. It's such a waste of time. It's okay to worry 
to an extent or to have that mm-hmm. thought process. But when it consumes like my my family, especially like my mom, it consumes her whole life. I mean, she's afraid to do anything. And, yeah. you know, when you grow up around that, it, it kind of for, well, for me, I just got angry and rebelled. <laughs> so I just, you know, so, you know, there could be familial chains, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is I think that we are, um, that sometimes the, the stories we tell ourselves, we're preconditioned to have that storyline built in and it's kind of insert part, insert person, insert situation. Makes that total, make sense sense. To you? total sense to me. Yep. Hey, Greggy T, you know, you talked earlier about watching the news and how like we never hmm. really find anything positive on there, but mm-hmm. again, how we perceive the world, right? How does our perception of the world influence what we tell ourselves? It ties into what I just said. So if we're perceiving the world, let's use the current environment now. Mm. Definitely not positive. You turn on the news and the economy, the wars, disease, sickness, all of that. It's just going to, how is that not, going to perceive into what we tell ourselves if all we see out the window is negative because that's what they're telling us how are we just gonna not everyone's strong enough to bypass that and make their own decisions and think positively it's hard to think positive when you're surrounded by negativity i think that's also what they want because you can gain control and stuff so i think that's that's another reason Sorry, yeah. saying goodbye to, to the Rube Dubes. No. So no, <clears throat> I think it, it makes it harder when all you see is that. So I got one for you. Yeah. I talked a little bit about growing up for myself and 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 the childhood influence. How, how did your parents influence you in how you, A, perceive the world, but also the stories that you'll t- tend to tell yourself? How, or did they influence that at all? Of course. <clears throat> um, so listen, even back when I was younger, there's always bad news going on in the world. Yeah. And there's always negative stories. You can't avoid it, but they right. also taught me to, to think for myself and to come up with the facts myself, like gather information, but at the end of the day, make your own decision right. and do your due diligence in doing that. Don't just like wing it right. and also surround yourself with the right people and not, right. You know, troublemakers or people that can negatively influence your life and take you down a path that there's no coming back from. So I think it's it's hugely important, the example they set. And it's you're very influential when you're younger. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. 100 percent. I think, you know, when you're when you're around that, um, those people that are negative, you know, it, it tends to tell you you know, certain things I know, um, you know, it's especially as like, especially as a guy, right. You know, proving your man, like manhood, right. Whether it's, you know, I need to prove my manhood by, you know, doing this or doing that or doing something that's scary and out of character and something that you wish you didn't have to do. Um, at that time, especially now things have changed over the last 25 years or so, but I mean, back in our day, there were certain things that you kind of had to do or wanted to do to prove that you were a real man or, or we always say um, uh, about being a man, right? We talk about that. What does it mean to be a man? And uh, so, you know, I think, you know, the narrative of what a man is, all right? We talk about it all the time. I mean, you know, we talk about being a provider, a protector, right? It's, you talked about it, and that providing and protecting doesn't necessarily mean money. Nope. 
doesn't necessarily mean money or standing by your girl or or standing by your friends. You know, you can't put a price on loyalty. You know, it's, and that's in the Bible, man. You know, tie loyalty and kindness around your neck like a necktie. Don't let it ever leave you. And that, you know. It's funny. You just you made me think when you're like, it doesn't mean money, which it doesn't. A silly scene popped in my head from Titanic. Oh, yeah. You know, that the rich guy at the end had all the money in the world and he gave this guy a bunch of money to put him on the boat with the women and kids because he's a coward, whatever. And the guy like throws his money back at him and he's like, your money's no good here. And it's at the end of the day, that doesn't mean shit. It's not going to help you out of a bad situation. You need to have the right people around you and the money doesn't mean anything. So I just thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it, it really, at the end of the day, like, you know, um, well, when there's a gun to your head or a gun to your family. If you're being robbed, what good is your money? It's not going to help you. So I had a, a few business uh, people I do business with. Um, they were telling me a story about their friend who just lost their six-year-old. to Ugh. Ugh. And I, I, I was absolutely, and I don't have kids, but I was gutted. I Ugh. could not imagine being a parent and losing my six-year-old to cancer and they were saying like he was just in school last week and now he's gone and they actually earlier in the week they drained two liters of fluid out of this kid and he's like six years old two liters like just imagine looking That's at a, a two liter bottle of pepsi or coke yeah. or something like that right mm. and you, you know your your narrative your narrative is why god why would this happen to a six-year-old kid right because we make it about ourselves we make it about an individual but instead of saying well you know maybe he was you know god gave six years or to him because of you know so it's like looking at why why would it doesn't make sense for a six-year-old to get yeah. cancer die and these parents and everyone in the community is just devastated well so the narrative you tell yourself is oh well god can't be good because this happened to a six-year-old kid yeah right it's understandable. I mean, how would people explain that? <laughs> you're asking the wrong guy. Totally, I get it. I get what you're saying. You it's know? brutal. So I think when it comes to to the narrative, I think we gotta do a better job of educating ourselves. I think a lot of the narrative comes out of either just ignorance or awareness of certain aspects, right? When we tend to make it about ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, she doesn't like me because my nose is long or oh, she doesn't like me because I've got a salt and pepper beer. Well, maybe it's not about us. Maybe it's about them. And we need to tell ourselves that. Right. Maybe. Right. If we assess the situation and understand. All right. Maybe it's not about us. It's about them. And we can create a narrative in our mind where we talked about this last week. Hey, listen, you can't put a square peg in a round hole. All good. I wish you well. Have a great life instead of saying, oh, there's something wrong with me. Because that's the first thing we tend to do. Is that yeah. pretty safe to say? Yeah, I'll go with that. So how would you combat that if someone came to you and said in the real estate world, they said, oh, Greg, I just don't I'm not good looking enough or I'm not a girl and I don't wear like, you know, clothing, you know, clothing that could be, you know, suggestive <clears> as <throat> you know we've discussed in the past. And we've seen yeah. sometimes that type of approach will work. and I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's a different approach. What um, what would you say to somebody with a narrative where they just like, I can't because mm -hmm. I have a, a made up deformity or I'm not smart enough? 
And you're talking about in the real estate space. Yeah. I mean, that's a narrative that people tell themselves probably every, right? every day, every yeah. single day. When I yeah. manage a large office a few times a day, everyone always has a, I'll call it a sob story, but I don't mean it uh, disrespectfully, but it's the narrative you were just talking about. Um, oh, so-and-so is doing so well. How come I'm not, maybe I'm not pretty enough. Maybe I'm not smart enough. And I'm, and I would just be like, all right, get it all out now. Sit down, lock the door, close the door, get it all out. And when you're done, tell me you're done and then open up your ears and don't talk. And they spew all the bullshit out, which it is. And then it's like rebuild time. Okay. You got that all out of your system. Great. What is it? You use so-and-so as an example, right? They're doing so well. You're not. What is the difference between them and you? Oh, well, they have so much business. How'd they get their business? What's their work ethic? What kind of marketing do they do? Do they live, eat, breathe, and sleep real estate? What's their mindset, which is always what it goes back to, you know, they don't, they don't do what you're doing right now. They don't, they get out of gear. If they're stuck in neutral, they put it in gear and go, they allow themselves to be upset for like a couple minutes and they move on to business. So instead of using that person as a negative example, like, Oh, look at them. They're doing so well. Why don't you look at them because you strive to be them, which is a good thing if they're positive and they have good business and stuff and say, okay, what are they doing that I can mirror? And maybe you learn from that instead of use it as a crutch, you use it as fuel to do well. And an example of how to, I had one agent and she was new comparing herself to seasoned. And I mean, seasoned 10, 20 years right. in the business. You can't do that. You just can't, regardless if they're a good agent or not. When someone has 20 years in the business, 10 years in the business, you can't compare yourself to them when you're no. a year in, two years in. Listen, you can set goals like that. Like I said, use it as a positive, but you can't use that against you. Right. It's just, and then you just got to, you know, break it down and tell them, listen, spin a different narrative. Put a different pair right. of glasses on with a different color and, and, and see the world through that lens instead of, Poor me, I'm not this, they're doing so well. Like, okay, by the way, they all started where you started. Everyone was new at once. Everyone had their first day on the job. Yeah. So and we we talked about that with the instant gratification. You know, it's uh mm -hmm. it's something that people want. And I think that's also a narrative that people tell themselves because I believe, you know, I think since COVID, the acceleration of gratification has increased. I, I think I think people just want things right now the way they want them. Yeah. Right. And and I think, again, that's a narrative that people tell themselves. I need gratification now. It's not realistic. It's impossible. It's impossible. So when it comes to when it comes to flipping a narrative, you know, can you teach someone patience with a story? Because remember, it. it a narrative can be a, a short story. It could be like my biography, a diatribe of, <laughs> of, you know, it could be Encyclopedia Britannica on our website, empowermanpodcast.com. Oh, that's only um, edition one. And you got to start working on the others. More man. stuff coming soon. We're going to give you a link to unlock so you can get the full story. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Can you teach someone patience when it comes yes. to explaining narrative? Yes, I think you can. I think you can teach somebody um positive narration in their own head it's whether they use it or not 
and it's whether they practice it because it's once again like you said i, I with this agent that i'll use as an example she's sure. a year a year or two into the business comparing herself to 10 20 year vets right <clears throat> it probably took me two years working with her for the switch two years relentless to the point where it may be looked at i was hard on her or not nice or direct or snap the fuck out of it but it worked and it took time and now she's a killer and so i think it can be taught it's just it was almost literally daily practice with her daily so i was a very active manager so i didn't just sit in my office and not talk to anybody i was barely in my office i was out on the floor I was heavily involved in marketing and talking to them and deal doctoring and negotiating all that, which I think a manager should do, but that's neither here nor there. So even though I'm helping someone over here, I'm listening to what she's saying over there, just a conversation in passing. Mm. And I might not like some of the words or language she's using because it's it's detrimental to her business mindset. Because right. I know, because she shared with me her goals, mm -hmm. and I know she's striving to be that person. Mm -hmm. When I hear her use words that aren't positive and which just it's casual conversation and passing, but words have meaning. You always say this, you know, you're putting it out there as small as it may be, you're putting it out there. So I would stop what I'm doing and be like, excuse me, so-and-so what did you repeat? What you, what I just heard. <clears throat> and she would say it. And I'd be like, Nope, either don't say that or change one word in the sentence. And it makes the biggest difference. You start doing that day after day, couple times a week. Now it comes into a couple weeks a month, couple months a year. It sinks in eventually and they and absolutely crushing it. And you can't get past her armor now. She is she's good to go. So I do believe it can be taught. I definitely do. But it's all about habits. The question is can it be received and how well it could be absorbed and utilized and that's all mindset at the end of the day. Yeah, it's like some people are good at giving love. Others are horrible at receiving love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the message has to be received. Like, like, like it, a simple example for real estate is she was a year in the business, okay? And she's walking around. Oh, I'm new. I would hear on the phone or even talking to one of her friends like, yeah, I'm new. I'm new. One word, new. No, I'm an eight. Just take the word new out of that. I'm a new agent. Or I'm a new real estate agent. Take the word mm -hmm. new. I'm a real estate agent. It lands completely different to whoever you're talking to. You put that word. First of all, you're a year in. You're not new. And you you take the word new out. It lands different. And the word new paints a completely different picture now. Now they have a different view of you. When you hear new, you hear like, oh, it's got to be broken in. Or, oh, it's... They don't know what they're doing. They still have to learn. These are all not good things in business and in real estate. And you don't need to go right out of the gate with that narrative. No, I'm a real estate agent. How can I help you? It, one word in the sentence can change the whole path of someone's perception and also your confidence and what you project. So, yes, it can be taught. That's big. That's really big. And <clears throat> for someone taking this piece of advice from real estate applied to themselves. Is there a practice or is there something that you would have someone do 
to kind of hammer this in, whether it's writing a journal or creating a yeah. spreadsheet? How would you coach someone on, on creating these habits? <clears throat> Not everybody's a writer, but I think what you just said, a journal is good. But I think the first thing is just be cognizant of what words you're using. And no matter what you're, you're describing yourself or your manifestations or what you want out of life or whatever, words matter. Be aware of the words you're saying. If you write them down, like you just said, it's even better because it's easier to catch something when you go back and read it. Like, oh, take that word out of the sentence and it makes a big difference. So if you're not a writer, just be more cognizant. If you write it down, go back and read it and you can see certain words that just should be eliminated or just swapped out with a more positive or direct with a better outcome word. Right. Yeah. And, and I think the, the operative term that you use was cognizant. And I think a lot of people are not fully aware of the narrative. They tell themselves, they don't know any so, better. Sometimes it's so commonplace. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be told, listen, you need to be aware of the words you're saying because they're not good. Yeah. Especially we, you know, you see a lot of people express their emotions on social media and that causes, you know, alarm. Like, is this person in trouble mm -hmm. mentally or, or whatnot? So again, you're putting it out there that, you know, you have some type of challenge going on, but mm -hmm. really let's look at the narrative and let's look at the scope of that challenge. Is it, yeah. Oh, I'm single. I'm never going to meet anybody. Well, why aren't you meeting anybody? Is it because your values are screwed up? Is it because you're looking at one thing, excuse me, and not the other? What is your community like? So it's like when you're uh -huh. able to, we always take, we, we say this a lot in our podcast, taking stock, taking inventory. When you take inventory of your surroundings, then maybe you can say, instead of saying to myself, all right, I'm going to make a new friend today at my church. I'm going to make a new friend today at my gym. I'm not going to look at certain things on social media. So it's, Doing that journal and then creating like action steps, like you know, habits, like business habits, daily habits. Absolutely, it's a start. Is, Listen, nothing bad can come out of it. Nothing bad. But things like you said, people want the instant gratification, and it doesn't work like that. That's the world we're in now, unfortunately. And you know, it's either you play victim or you play victor. Right. I'll choose the the, the latter of the two. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, you know, we, Greggy T, one of the things we, we talk about, you know, one of your main uh, talking points is core values. Yeah. Right? So our core values play a role in a lot of things, especially our narrative. Yeah. Right. Good, bad, or indifferent. You know, how would you, how would you describe or illustrate? Let's just use you for an example. Your core values and the way <clears throat> you perceive things. Mm -hmm. How does that influence or how does that sway your narrative that? you may tell yourself about you, about people, about situations that you're in. I think it's, it's the baseline of how you start that narrative in your head. So my core values that I was shown and given set the tone for how I'm receiving the information. Like you and I turn on the television and we watch the same channel. So we're receiving the same information, right? We're not, we're seeing the same exact thing, images, text, whatever. Yep. I may interpret it completely different than you because of my core values and vice versa. 100%. It's the same channel. So like you and I read the same book, but we have a different book report, which is kind of cool. Makes the world go around. However, 
it's a way to it's either gonna positively affect you or negatively affect you and core having good core values or solid core values will help you navigate when it's doom and gloom yeah you know you turn on the news it is just doom and gloom so oh. what what does that mean if i didn't have the core values that was instilled in me okay yeah the news it is what it is what what are you going to do just do you move forward be positive be a good human all that stuff and i keep moving i, I mean it's if i didn't have those core values maybe i watch that news channel and i get anxiety and i get depressed and I get stuck and I'm afraid to come out of the house and I'm afraid to do this. And then you just start deteriorating your life for what? What? So I think it's it plays a big part. And for people that maybe never had core values instilled or shown to them, that's fine. Create your own. You, there's yeah. no way. There's no reason why you can't wake up if you don't have any and choose that day to, to write down and make your own core values. There's a book I read called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I think it was, it was I mean, I bought the book like uh, probably 15 years ago. I read it. I've read it at Captain. I believe his name is Stephen Covey that wrote it. And it talked about like, you know, your personal mission statement, your personal like, um, you know, like if you were like a, a business and talked about like, I believe it was like spheres of influence. And writing down like a, almost like a, um, a declaration of who you are. This yeah. is me, Yadi. Great idea. Great idea. So I, I have to look back at it, but I do suggest anyone that's never even looked at that book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I believe it's Stephen Covey. Um, and then there's uh, Atomic Habits by James, I think it's Dr. James Clear. That is like the... Uh, for me and my business, it's the foundation of of, of habit building. It is a um, it's a sounds, great book. It sounds pretty cool. Great read, um, Charles. Once again, what bad can come out of that? Nothing. No, nothing. No, and it's educating yourself too. Like Charles, yeah. Uh, Charles Dewig, I think wrote a book called The Power of Habit or that The Habit of Now. I I, I can't think of the book. Come on, Mike. I'm sure I'll get corrected somehow. <laughs> I tried putting on my smart path today, but I guess that didn't work too well. Crash and burn, Mav. Crash and burn. <laughs> but you have your NWO shirt on. That's all that matters. You know it. Mm -hmm. uh, Greg, is there any way that we can avoid negative? Can we avoid the negative, or do you think it's always lingering around us? No, I think it's always lingering around us. It's just if we let it be absorbed and we let it dictate any movement or actions or thoughts of ours. Yes, is it, there's negative everywhere, twenty four seven. Yeah, there's also good twenty four seven too. Yep. So it's it's how you want to decipher and what you want to be around. Yeah, unless you're an Eagles or a Jets fan, yeah, there's usually positive around us. But unfortunately, for Eagle fans out there, I feel for you. And as a jet, long suffering Jet fan like myself, sports talk radio is something that is uh, you know <laughs> reinforces the negative. Mike's the sports guy. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a therapy session every time I listen to sports talk radio because you hear people calling in like, bro, these guys are horrible. And you're like, I feel you, man. I get you. I get you. But, yeah, I agree with you. Negative is always around us. I think, you know, um, depending on, you know, what you believe in your core values, there's an enemy out there that's always trying to attack us, sabotage us, tell us that we're – so it's, again, having the weapons 
or if we go back to you know certain reference points you know they'll talk about putting on like a shield or having armor to fight this you know whether your armor right exactly whether your armor is you know journaling whether your armor is meditating there's you got to have a defense mechanism and i believe that medication is not the way to deal with these things i agree <laughs> listen the best armor is confidence yeah yeah knowledge and confidence so and you those are things you can get if you work at it if you work at it and it also experience is going to help out a lot you know your life experience is, is huge because yeah. we weren't like this Five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it's life has a way of peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, peaks and along the way. Mike, you weren't like this in your 20s? Nope. 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 I wish I was. I probably think, but yeah, I wish, you know what? You could say like, I wish or I wish I'd done things different, but I I really don't. I don't either. I wouldn't be where I'm at and the person nope. I am now if I didn't Agreed. go through that. You I know, agree. so as for you know the few regrets I do have in life, I think we all have some type of regret or, or some things we would have done differently. I'm, I it just the this you know, we talk about this offline. We all have a journey. Our journeys are so different, but yet they could run parallel with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like some people aren't meant to have wealth maybe right off the bat, maybe they're meant to have it down the road after they've experienced highs and lows and educated themselves or whether they go through certain things that all all of a sudden leads to happiness. Everyone listening to this podcast has a different journey. Greg Mm -hmm. and I are just talking about insights and things that most people go through, but they don't talk about it. Because it's not cool, Mike. It doesn't get likes or clicks or any of that bullshit. Yeah, damn it. Like and click our podcast. (laughs) I want that 10,000 subscriber plaque from YouTube. Yeah. But anyway, you know, everyone does have a journey. Mm -hmm. And and I think people need to realize that as well when it comes about a narrative. Like, you and I have similar goals in life, but our paths are are different. Mm -hmm. You know, but we're all, but we all, like Phil always said this, our our boy Phil, you know, it doesn't matter when you get to the dance as long as you show up. Mm-hmm. And, he, and that's something that he said to me years ago. And, it, you know, it kind of it kind of makes sense. You know, it's, it's, it's so easy as it, it's just an easy thing to remember. It's not something like it's a fancy schmancy deal. It's just like, hey, the dance is from 8 to 10. If you get there at 930, you have a half hour, you're still at the dance. You know what I mean? Listen, we we both lived in New York City and... We both want to get to California. There's a lot of different ways to get there. You can go direct straight across. You can go south and then west. You can go north and then west. But we both end up in California. We just took different different paths. Same well, thing. Yeah, I'm probably going to make a detour because I California does not appeal to me anymore. I wouldn't. I'm too old. My friends in Cali. Oh, Whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. So, ah. Uh, but yes, I I'm gonna I visit Christy Nome in South Dakota. Make I'll go that too. I'll go I'll go northwest. Thank you. Make that too. I would love to go. Christy, to table for three, please, with Empowerman. Thank you. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> We're not worthy. <laughs> but I will ask you one last question here, Greggy T. <laughs> we always talk about choices. If you hear the right voices, you make the right choices. 
Yeah. Or, you know, um, how can the choices we make impact our narrative? Listen, you make good choices, good things happen. You choose the opposite, bad things happen. That's simply breaking it down. So you, I don't care what anybody says, most of your day is made up by choices. You know, everyone wants to, you know, I have a friend complains about work all the time. You're choosing to go. That's your choice. If you don't want like your work, then look for something else. Until you do the steps, don't complain because you're still choosing. Now, if you're choosing to do the steps to find another job and interview and do all that, there you go. That's another choice. So that you either choose to do nothing and just complain about it or you choose to do a different route and get an, those are choices for the same thing. So the choices are very clear how it impacts you. So if you choose to stay, it can impact you where you're negative and miserable. Or you can choose to stay temporarily, use it as a platform and leverage to get another job at a better company or more hours, less hours, more money, less money, whatever. Same thing, two different choices. And it completely changes the your your impact and the way you go. Yeah. And, and I'll take it with the dating world. I think if you keep choosing someone that does not align with your core values or someone that um, you're that someone that satisfies something inside of you that is just one part and it could be lustful, it could be a sexual desire, it could be something. But after that, there's really nothing there and you feel empty and you're like, oh, I'm never going to find anybody. or Oh, I'm never going to be this way. And it's that narrative. We have to really examine, like, who are you choosing and mm -hmm. why are you choosing these people? Some people will choose people to satisfy a desire yeah. or they will choose someone um, to um, maybe compliment their lifestyle in a way where it's, it's casual, mm -hmm. it's not so committal. And then when they want the relationship with that person and that person becomes non-committal, it goes back to, again, being aware of the choices you make, especially in dating. Um, a, a lot of girls will talk about not meeting. Oh, I can't meet any good guys. Girl, guys will say the same thing. Oh, no good girls out there. And, you know, <laughs> it, it, but in some cases, there could be some validity to that. It depends on how you look at things. But again, it's also looking at, okay. I chose this situation. Why? Because she was hot, because she satisfied my sexual desire. Um, but outside of that, did I get to know her? Did I treat her with kindness? Did I get to know where she, you know, what she's all about? Or was it just strictly lust? And then, you know, most of that time, that kind of just flames out. It's good for like, you know, a short period of time. But Again, long term. Now, in some situations, it'll go a little bit longer. It, you know, it might evolve. Not every situation is different, but for the most part, you meet someone. You you know, you tend to progress things within a short time span. You know, there's no buildup. There's no anticipation. There's no like, yeah. like, wow, I waited so long. So I think again, choices. You talked about it. Dating, everything else. Um, we need to be. We need to really take stock of. Of, of why we're with that person, what we're looking for, and do they line up? Yeah. 
do they you said it. It make sense? <clears throat> you said you know? it. Um, Brady T, we covered a lot of things with, with the narratives, the negatives, yeah. the positives. Um, you know, if you're and I want to just wrap it up on this this note right here. Mm-hmm. Let's just say you're going through something rough, right? How do you tell yourself? How do you change the story in your head to where it'll say, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I did something, or, um, you know, I'm, you know, let's say, like, you know, we all get stuck in a rut, like, well, man, like, my coaching business, like, oh God, like, why did I do this for? I'm not doing anything. So we all get that anxiety. So how do you tell yourself? How do you flip that narrative from a negative? to a positive what techniques or what tips do you could you give somebody to take that negative narrative and flip it into a positive narrative because again that's gonna that's gonna play a big role in hormone secretion in neurotransmitter if we want to get into the science behind it how do you take that negative greg and flip it to a positive just remember the i'll use the my example so you leave a a nine to five paycheck job security we'll call it security Mm -hmm. You take the plunge and you open up your own business, which mm-hmm. is very scary. And the unknown, obviously. Right. There's no security there. Right. And there's going to be days you're like, Ugh, what did I do? What am I doing? And you just got to remind yourself why you left and started it in the first place. You were passionate enough and confident enough at some point. You got to try to always bring it back to that whenever you're feeling down and stay focused, stay on the path that you want to be on and do that. Just like, you know, when the end of the typewriter and then it it shoots back, same thing. Just get back to why you left and the passion why you left it. Yeah. What about you? And you made a good point about this earlier. It's like the words that we speak give life and they give meaning yeah yeah right instead of saying like you know um you know this won't work or if something you know you're uh, always correcting me on on those words it's it's like oh you know god forbid if this ever comes true or this guy oh oh if i ever had the chance it's when it you you gotta flip the, the the narrative with the words it's like Oh my God. Like, is this going to work out? It's like, okay, how am I going to make this work? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. Not, I don't want to go back to work for anybody ever again in my lifetime. You don't want to go back to work for anybody in your life. Right. So it's like, and it's not a matter of saying if it's, how do I make this work? How do I do this? And that that? ties back into, there's no instant overnight success when you're starting a company. It's going to take time. There's going to be lean times, no money coming in. It's just, it's just a fact. You got to weather the storm if you truly believe in yourself, your service, your product, and just go. Keep yep. going. You forgot who said this. You could be like one step away from knocking it out of the park, financial freedom, security. You're done. But if you could be a day away from that, from hanging in there, and you might stop a day short. The difference between super successful people, they didn't stop. They didn't stop. And they, you know, some people, billionaires, millionaires, they just did it purely on being stubborn and hanging in there. And I give them all the credit in the world. 
Sometimes that's all it takes. All it takes. Yeah. Sacrifices, right? I mean, if you want, if you want X and you're not doing Y, you're not going to get Z. And unfortunately, when you start your own business, the hours are going to be long. Yeah. You're going to be taking on no a job. Holidays. There's no people. days off. There's none of that. So you know, and you got to ask yourself, is this something I'm willing to do? And you know, and not everybody's built for it, which I'm not hating on. Some people want that security nine to five. I get it. I totally get it. I'm not. We are not hating no. on you. Not at all. No, not at all. Um, but again, it's a, it's the story we tell ourselves that can determine our success. And if we we tend to sabotage things or like, oh, I'm never going to make it. No, it's like, how am I going to make it? Yeah, I have this. How do I get to this level? What action steps do I need to do? What awareness do I need to have? Mm-hmm. What do I need to be cognizant of going yeah. forward so I don't make those same mistakes again? So, again, it's taking that negative narrative and just changing a few words around so that the positive can um, can shine through. And I think that's one thing we got to, again, but it's all practice, journaling, all that stuff as well. Greggy T, uh, good stuff, man. You know, I'm looking forward to your arrival here um, down here in Florida. Uh, quick shout out uh, to Forever Progress. Give it, let us know about that, Greg, how it's going. Where can our viewers find you? More importantly, where can our viewers find us to live us, give us feedback because we do have new people listening each week? Where can they find us, Greggy T, and where can they find you? <laughs> Listen, empowermentpodcast.com for the world's greatest bio from Mike. Hit us up on Instagram. That's our biggest platform, but we're on YouTube, Spotify. We're on all the platforms. So there, if you want to reach out, you can. The best way to do it is Instagram with the DM. That's what, and it's Mike and I reading them. I always say that. Um, Forever Progress, doing good. Foreverprogress.com. You can go to Forever Progress on Instagram. It's me and me only reading that stuff. And just hit me up if you have any real estate questions, if you want to get your license or if you're looking to scale your business and you're already seasoned agent, that's the way to do it. And I want to give a shout out to our friend Deborah's mom who passed away. So uh, rest in peace to her. She was a good lady. Yeah. I don't think I ever met her, but I, I mean, we talked about her a lot and whatnot. So yeah, she, thanks man. She raised a good one. So um, hats yeah, Deborah off is a, yeah. If you're listening, good people. Good people. Yep. We love you, Deb. If you're listening, um, you know, once, once you're friends with us, you're pretty much friends for life. So God, how long have we known her? 20 years? Well, I've known you a long time, man. Long time. (laughs) Yeah. I remember when I first met her too. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool that, you know, when you look back on life and you think about people from your past that are still present, I mean, that weighs heavily on me, especially in relationships yeah. uh, whether they work out or not but to entertain being committed to someone um, yep. and having that much stock that knew yeah. you at your at your core your essence is pretty cool and the fact that we still have a relationship with with deborah is super cool so absolutely uh, we, we love you deb um and you know we're here for you so and if you see mike and i out on monday night in boca come say hi have a drink with us we will be out and about the old stomping grounds I'll be drinking caffeine-free Diet Coke. You're having a drink, Mike. I will so, force you to have a drink. <laughs> that is a choice that I may have to make. I'm and, choosing for you to have a drink. So my narrative's already played out in my head. I have to have a drink. Greg's like making a, me have a drink. Okay. 
It's like in Naked Gun 33 and 3rd where Reggie Jackson was possessed and he goes, I have to kill the queen. I have to kill the queen. <laughs> I actually had dinner with Reggie Jackson one night. It was wild, man. Did you really? Wild. Yeah. Uh, where? I was with my friend Marty. Well, my friend – we'll close on this note for any Yankee fans out there. So my friend Marty, I think, had his 50th birthday. He's the CEO of Silverstein Properties. Um, so he helped rebuild the new Freedom Tower. And mm -hmm. I remember he invited me to his birthday party up at uh, Bar Massa at the time Warner center so i'm sitting right across from reggie jackson and wild man it didn't sink in you know and he's very like at the time he was very introverted so unless you knew him would he speak but he shook my hand it was cool and i'm sitting right across from him and i'm like holy smokes man this is pretty wild and it's um, cool you know all i kept thinking about was naked gun like i have to kill the <laughs> I, I didn't not the three home runs he hit in the 77 world series but no, the naked gun not. three and I actually was friends with, and he you know, unfortunately passed away, but I still keep my cell phone for any hockey fans out there. Uh, Ranger great Rod Gilbert was a friend of mine. Wow. And right. yeah, yeah, he was awesome, man. He told stories of the 70s and he was the man. I mean, he 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 was he was awesome. He, he was such a good guy. I, I was really sad to hear about his passing, but he was a really good dude, man, Rod Gilbert. So that's cool. Uh, yeah. So anyway, if you want to find out more about my brush with greatness, go on to empowermanpodcast.com. We'll send you the secret code and you can get to my other bio, you know. Block off some so, time. Yeah. Like they talk <laughs> about, right? Only fans, but call it only marks, right? That's so it. Only marks. Only marks. So well, I will see you in a few days unless you will. my KGB plane crashes tomorrow. That's it. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. Yep. Um, so have safe travels uh, yes, to all of our people out there. Thank you so much for listening. Thank to you us. very much. Thank you for allowing us to entertain you, hopefully, and talk about things that are real, but yet still keep it light and have a good time. And, and I think that's what we want to, we don't, we want to be serious, but we want to keep it light and realize, yeah. hey, listen, we're all in this together. Everyone yeah. of us. And Mike and we're I like together. to tackle the the subjects that are not so popular, but I we know people want to hear about it because that's why we bring it up. They tell us so. Um, we we aren't just the the shock bullshit that's out there. Speaking no, of that, I Mike, I want to be shocked. I don't want to be shocked. Um, a friend did reach out to me and mm. gave us a topic they want us to talk about. Mm. Here it is. Hold on. Um, hold on. Oh, how to deal with coworkers who just don't like me. Example, like how to respond, not the psychological, not everyone will like you. So get over it, crap, Greg. That's what she wrote. So mm. food for thought, you know, how do you deal with coworkers that don't like you? Could be a good topic. Yeah, I haven't been Lord in a situation knows in a while. There was a lot of people that didn't like me when I worked places. So, I don't anyway. know. I was I was pretty popular where I worked. Yes, you were. <laughs> I'm sure there were a few people that didn't like me. <laughs> they just didn't say it. I don't know. They told know. me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, that sounds like a good one. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's we'll definitely crush that. If anybody has any topics, email us. I would love to, like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, and everyone, like I said in the beginning, go check out America's Culture War with our friends, um, you know, Curtis and Kara. Crushing it, and they are talking about things that nobody wants to talk about. So you see the whole shift in in things these days because i think people are starting to get tired of 
the negative stuff that's just continually out there. So make up your mind yourselves. It's on loop. Yep. Well, Greggy T from BKG uh, Roasters in Brooklyn, New York. I am going to have coffee number four. It's Friday. Nice. And that is my drink of choice. I'm going to get my hair cut and my beard trimmed. So I will see you in a few days, sir. And we will see all of you next week. Until then, take care. God bless all of you and your families. And God bless America. Yes, be safe.